Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. Today, I am talking about three tips for thriving through the holidays. This is for you, parents. This time of year, it feels as if we are off and running as soon as October ends. Every morning, our feet hit the ground. We're running from one thing to the next. We have Thanksgiving dinner to plan or travel plans. Maybe you have company coming. Not to mention family birthdays, shopping, outings, and your kids' therapies keep going. Doctor's appointments, school sports, everything keeps happening. All those regularly scheduled things that we do. And we just feel like maybe I'll just compare it to Thanksgiving dinner. It's like you go and you go to the buffet and you get your turkey and you get your mashed potatoes and you, but then you have all the basics there. You know, you're stuffing your mashed potatoes and your turkey. And then all of a sudden you just start putting all these other things on your plate and and you just fill it up so much there's no way you can eat it all there's no way or you do and you feel really full (laughs) but that's what we do when the holidays hit we assume that our bodies and our brain and our immune system can magically just uphold and and do all these new things that we put on our plate without any more downtime we're running more and more so then we have like the christmas practices like our family did scrooge um a christmas carol for several years then it was it started in august our rehearsals did but then the closer it got to the performance dates in december the more practice we had And then we have parties and caroling and cookie baking. We have our cookie baking day. So the tips that I want to give you today are from my own personal experience. And they're not Pinteresty stuff, like find the perfect Christmas tree or make the perfect ornament. Not that those things are bad. I love those things. And those are fun things to do. But this is more about you and your self-care taking care of yourself during the holidays. So the first tip is rest. Get some rest. Now, let me dig a little deeper into what I mean by rest. 
I don't necessarily mean just lying on the couch and watching Netflix all day, but even you may need to do those some afternoons, depending on how many kids you have at home. But what I'm talking about is a little bit different. And just keep this in mind, rest is different for each person. And when we want to enter a season of rest during the day, that doesn't mean we don't attend to our responsibilities. Because if we get into couch potato rest, when we have small kids at home and we're not doing any meal prep, we're not thinking about what they're going to have for lunch, then obviously things are going to fall apart. This rest is an intentional kind of rest that you do with your children present. It could be something as simple as planning a movie one afternoon. You make the popcorn, you make the hot chocolate, you're still doing the work, but it's a kind of rest. The rest that we need during this season is something that will fill us back up from everything that is draining us. So when we go back to doing what we're doing, we're not exhausted and overwhelmed. I'll give you a couple rest examples from my own life. One of the things that I used to do when my youngest was still napping during the day was just lie down on the floor next to his crib because he didn't sleep very well. So I would just lie there. And if that's the only kind of rest you can get, then take it. Another kind of rest for me is doing something creative. I love that. I love projects. And I love doing projects with my kids. Do they always go 100% perfect? No, they never go 100% perfect. There's going to be glitter everywhere. There's going to be glue on the table. There's going to be whatever. But you know what? That creative outlet is a kind of rest for me. And it's something different for your kids because when we're constantly going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, then what are we teaching them? What are we teaching them is important? Is it hustling? Hustle, hustle, hustle. Get ready, get ready. We got to go to the next thing. And another thing I love to do is restoring furniture. And when my girls got a little bit older and they wanted to paint something of theirs, like my daughter wanted to paint her dresser black. And so we did it together and she wanted to paint her bed and we just did those things together. I also love decorating for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for every holiday. That's refreshing and restful to me. In fact, I can feel it like if I've been overwhelmed and my schedule has been really busy and I start getting antsy and I'm like, okay, I need some time off. The next thing I know, I'm changing out my fiesta wear and I'm hauling decorations out from storage and I'm doing it. And my kids love to do that too. And now my grandkids, they were like, okay, where did you put the squirrel this time? Or where are we hanging the, this ornament or whatever? And it's okay to do those things with your kids, even if they don't participate the whole time. We sometimes get this idea in our head that, and I know I've done it myself before, okay? I'm putting up the Christmas tree and you are going to hang every ornament with me, whether you like it or not. Or you're going to help me set the Thanksgiving table. My daughters would do that. They love to decorate and like, mom, try it this way. Or mom, put the forks here. Or mom, do this. That doesn't mean they're going to do it 
the whole time or from beginning to end or do it your way. It's all part of the process, but it's a kind of rest because it's restorative, it's creative. Okay, let me talk a little bit about rest and work in case you're a little bit confused because you're like, wait a minute, I thought you were talking about rest. Remember when Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. Doesn't that describe what goes on at this time of year when we're adding more and more things to our plate? And I will give you rest. But he also says, take my yoke upon you. Whenever there's a yoke involved, that means there's work because the yoke is that big wooden piece where you would put an oxen on one side and an ox on the other side and they would go together. They would work together. So it's work. So there's still work to do. So don't think that rest and work are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Often our rest involves work, like those creative things that I was just talking about. Those creative things are a kind of rest for your mind and for your body. It's a creative thing that you're doing, but there's also work involved. Another thing that I like to do for rest is while I'm working on something in the kitchen or cleaning the house or whatever, is sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. And in a way, to me, that's rest because I'm refreshing myself I'm renewing myself and I'm listening to good information that's going to feed me. And another thing that my family does a lot is listen to books on audio in the car. And there are specific books that we read aloud at Christmas time. I keep them packed up and then I get them out, usually in November, and we have to read those books over and over again. So the tip is, get some rest. You figure out what rest is for you and work it into your life and work it into this season. And may I say, when you're at the Thanksgiving table, I'm not talking literally, I'm talking figuratively. What things can you not put on your plate? You don't have to do everything. You don't. Okay, number two. Get an Advent devotional for yourself. Really, it's time to start planning for Advent. Maybe some of you already have. And it's really important for your younger kids to understand the meaning of the season. And the way that kids learn about something is through repetition. It's layer upon layer upon layer. And that's why we do an Advent devotional every year with our kiddos. And then as adults, we're no different. We don't get to a point in the Christmas season, no matter how many Christmases we've been alive, that we're like, hey, I know everything about Christmas. Or we don't need to have this attitude. There's no way I could grow any deeper spiritually. It's important for us to study the meaning of Christmas. Pray that God will give you a new dimensional understanding of what Christmas is really about. What did it really mean when Jesus came to earth? When I was writing the devotional 25 Days of Thriving Through Christmas, I studied Joseph and Mary and the wise men. 
And I wrote a chapter on Jesus, one on Mary, on the wise men, and one on Joseph. I researched, I read, I listened to teachings, and I learned some history that deepened my faith. So this year, find some of the history of Jesus's birth that you can dig deeper into. And I know it's difficult when you're busy and you have young kids. So maybe you find a podcast that's short or you find a devotional that's very short and you can read it after your kids go to bed or before or instead of watching a show. Now, right now, I'm just going to do a little plug. I am doing a 25 days of thriving through Christmas seven day challenge. And I told my email subscribers that I would send it out to them before I would post it on social media or offer it to anyone else. So if you do not, if you're not subscribed to traumainformedparenting.com, go ahead and do that so you can get the information about that. And what I'm doing is I'm offering you a free chapter with seven days of tips and biblical applications, plus one of the chapters that I just spoke about. And the first one is on Joseph. So it will have a few videos and it's all going to be done via email. And like I said, get on my email list so you can see that. And then I will be posting it on social media. So, number three, moving on. Okay, I think this is the most important. Pray through. Pray. I think during this season, we need to have a little bit more emphasis on prayer. I'm raising my hand here because I can get so busy with everything that's going on. And when we're celebrating and everything's going right, we're often just enjoying the celebration and that's fine. Now, we don't usually remember the days we did nothing, but we remember the days that we had everything to do and God pulled us through. That's a quote from the circle maker. Isn't that so true? It's like everything's going great. Or maybe you hosted something, or maybe you just stayed home for a day and your kids just played with Play-Doh. You watched movies and you made some cookies and you're like, oh my gosh, that day was great. And then the next day your schedule's full and you're like, oh dear Jesus, help me. Okay, and that's why we need to emphasize the prayer. We need to be praying continually on good days, and I'm not going to say bad days, but days that we have more challenges with our schedule, with our lives, with our children, with ourselves. If you are overwhelmed and stressed and you have so much on your plate, maybe there aren't any things that you can take off your plate right now. Maybe like I was explaining before, like you already, you're at the Thanksgiving table and you already put all this stuff on your plate. And maybe in your household, it was like, you got to eat everything on the plate. So you are trying to eat all of those things that you committed to. Maybe during this season, you have to follow through and do the things that you've committed to. Then pray it through. Pray it through. Like I said, at the beginning of this season, we, you know, we have these great ideas. We're going to do all of these things. But then we remember, we still have the sports. 
we still have the church obligations, which are great. And we still have the therapies and the doctor's appointments and all of those things. And if your family's like mine, then you have birthdays too. All good things, but they can be overwhelming. So things that stress us out can also be good celebratory things. Not only ask God to be with you, but expect him to be with you. Rest in believing that God will show up. This is a lesson that I've learned and I'm still learning over and over again. I pray, I ask God to answer my prayer, then I'm hanging on by my fingernails waiting for the answer instead of thanking him in advance. And here's some ways we can thank him. And I wrote these down for myself. Thank you, Lord, that you're, you've answered my prayer, like you've already answered it. I don't see the answer yet, but I thank you in advance. Thank you that you will give me the strength and the ability to do what you have called me to do today. Thank you, Lord, that your resources are endless. So when I'm feeling like I can't go on because my strength is in you, Christ is sufficient. I can go on because my strength is in Christ. Kind of got those words messed up. He is sufficient and he will give you the strength to do what he calls you to do during this season. So find a way during this holiday season to rest. Don't just start thinking, man, I wish it was January. I've heard mom say that. I just wish this was all over. I wish it was January because the, the stresses, the financial stresses, the time constraints, the travel, the everything, find some way to rest. And if it possible, take the things off your plate right now, before you commit to anything else, think through what you have to do for the next two months. And is it, do you want to do this? Do you really, really want to do this? Or do you feel obligated to do it? Because we don't have to do everything that we feel obligated to do. Because obligation is not a good guide. Because guess what happens with obligation? It brings frustration and bitterness and regret. So we don't want to just do things over the holidays out of obligation. I'm just being clear on that over the holidays. I'm not talking about the obligation to take your kids to school or the doctor. That's completely different. But if you have a lot of therapies for your kiddos on your schedule and you have a lot of church commitments already that you're enjoying, like working with the kids at church or something like that, then then don't add other things. Simplify. Simplify. And find an Advent devotional. I know I told you about my challenge and I would love for you to join that. But find something that works for your family. Something simple. Something that's going to fit in with your family style. And then um, the last point was pray through. Let's not forget prayer these next two months as we're going through the holiday season. 
And when we are feeling overwhelmed, obviously we are going to pray. But when we're not overwhelmed, remember to pray too. So thanks for joining me today. And next week, I am starting a series on, let's see, I wrote it down. Oh, this is what I'm going to do next week. Three steps to begin healing from trauma while you're raising your children. And yes, you can do that. You can reparent yourself and raise children and they can have a great childhood while you're doing it. Now, why am I going to, to talk about that next week? Like taking off in the holidays. Why, why aren't I talking about having our cookie day or whatever, which I'm sure I'll include some of that over the next couple months. But I think this, this time of year is when all of those issues really come to the surface. We're triggered more over the holidays. More people suffer from depression and anxiety during the holidays than any other time of year. So I want to take that as a springboard to share some tips with you how you can start your healing journey right now. You don't have to wait. And especially because you're being triggered right now. Maybe you smell something like a pie and it's like taking you back to a memory and you're wondering, oh, why am I all of a sudden feeling anxious? Or why am I all of a sudden fearful? What's going on? And why am I reacting to my children this way right now? Why am I more uptight? Why am I barking orders at people? So I think this is a great time while it's all coming up. Not that we need to just dwell on all of our past, but we want to move forward. So after I, um, I talk about that, the three steps to begin healing from trauma while you're raising your kiddos, then I'm going to start talking about attachment. I'll be doing a series on attachment. So I'm really excited about that. I just worked on a lot of notes today. So... That's all for today, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on TraumaInformedParenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify, and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.